Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Soho Strangler Week by Murdermile. To accompany the series, here's a few extra details from the police files and the court records to aid your enjoyment and maybe even help you crack the case. This episode is about how the newspaper's reporting of the murders changed eyewitness testimony. Now this is a problem. As the people get their information from newspapers and the people believe that what they're reading in those newspapers is factually accurate then what eyewitnesses to the murder believe they have seen can actually change when they start to question their own senses based on what they've read in those newspapers. Now, I'm going to show you this uh, by taking you back to Stanley King. So Stanley King was the boyfriend of Dutch Leia, the third victim of the Soho Strangler. Uh, We've got two statements by him here. Uh, The first statement on the 9th of May 1936 on the day that Dutch Leia's body was discovered. It's eight pages long. I won't read you the whole thing. But what I'll do is I'll I'll read a bit at the start and a bit um, uh, uh, when he discovered the body. We can kind of dip into that. But it's, it's all pretty much factual. And then statement number two. And this was on the 13th of May 1936. So four days after the body was discovered. But more importantly... The press had really gone into overdrive about this around this point. They weren't factually accurate. Uh, they weren't accurately really reporting the murder. What they were doing was trying to sensationalize it, make it really exciting. Start talking about a Soho strangler. Start talking about a serial killer or a monster. Um, so, I'll read his second statement, and you'll see how his details have started to change, and how his his recollection is based on what he's read in the newspapers, and it is written right there at the start that he has got this from newspapers so let's dip in the first statement uh 9th of may 1936 this is stanley king's first statement uh taken on the day uh when he discovered the body so it starts off uh pretty standard as you would expect um i'm a magician i was born on the 29th of july 1912 in aldershot my father was a soldier and was killed in the war. My mother is at present living at Moor Crescent near Sheffield. After leaving school, I worked in the mines and afterwards as an assistant conjurer on stage. I came to London about five years ago and worked as a hall boy for Mrs. Duncan at Cadogan Square. Uh, I was next employed as a footman at uh, WS Iyer in Kensington Palace Gardens, Notting Hill. 
he I'm going to move on just slightly. Um, since this time, I have been doing cabaret work as a conjurer at various West End nightclubs. Uh, I'm still doing this work in addition to giving street performances. My work is in various West End nightclubs, and about a month ago, I was at the Caprice Club on Old Compton Street. It was about midnight when a girl named Sally, I don't know her surname, spoke to me and said that the deceased, which is Dutch Lair, he will refer to her as the deceased from this point, the deceased was very fond of me and said she would like to speak to me. Now, this is where they met. Um, he chatted to her. They moved in with each, uh, in with each other just uh, basically about five, five days later. But that's, that happened quite a lot in that era. So I'm going to move ahead with his statement here because he tells us all about, uh, what happened over the days leading up to that. But I want to show you about how how he reports these events so um let's go down um from 3 p.m uh on the 8th of may so this is the day of the murder uh from 3 p.m 8th of may i went to the cypress hairdressing salon on dean street where i had a shave to hart's restaurant on percy street where i had lunch to the dominion theater on Tottenham court road to the Astor Cinema on Charing Cross Road, to the Dominium Cafe on High Street Bloomsbury, and from here I walked to Piccadilly Circus. This was about 11.15pm. I then went to Shea Bobby's Club and stayed there until about 3.30am on Saturday the 9th. From the club, I went to the snack, a snack bar called Jack's in Charing Cross Road, where I had a cup of coffee and arrived at 66 Old Compton Street at about 4am. I whistled up as usual, but got no reply. So I walked around until about about 5 a.m. where I again where I again returned to this address but could get no reply to my ringing. I again returned to the address at about 6 a.m. but could get no response from the ringing of the bell. I went to a cafe in High Street Bloomsbury and went back to the flat around uh, 8:45 a.m. The door was locked um, and the shopkeeper downstairs opened the street door and let me in. I went to the second floor and found the door uh, to the room was locked. I knocked at the door and called, but could get no response. A puppy in the room was whining, and I went downstairs to the cafe and fetched my friend, Jock, and told him I, I thought something was wrong. He came upstairs with me and forced the door open to the room. Oops, sorry. Just changing pages. Um... I then discovered that Miss Hind was lying on the bed with head injuries. I went to Piccadilly and I informed a policeman. So, um, pretty standard. As you can see, he's going through all of his details. He's explaining different things about what happened that day and trying to be as factually accurate as possible, giving times, giving dates. Um, later on, he goes into some extra details, kind of back up information that the police need to know in order to work out what Dutch Leo is about and what she was doing around that time, he would say, um, she told me she had once lived with a man named Billy Sullivan who was in jail for fighting. This is correct. Uh, she said she hated him. I understand from her that uh, uh, she often visited his mother. She told me that she was married and that she had a baby. Uh, I did not question this about her. And all she said was that she had a, uh, was that her husband would have her back at any time and that he lived somewhere off the Edgware Road. So 
not incorrect there. He's he's don't forget he's only known her for about a month. He's got details about it. He still believes that she's of German origin. She's not. Everything about Billy Sullivan is correct. She didn't particularly like him. She was slightly afraid of him. This is backed up by uh, Ruby Walker, her friend. Um, her f- former husband actually lived in Margate, uh, not on the Edgeware Road, but, you know, it, it, he hasn't known her that long, so it's easy that he would make small mistakes like that. Um, other than saying her father was a German, he would state, uh, she did not speak of a family. She said her name was Leah Hines, spelt H-E-I-N-Z. Someone in the cafe told me that she had once lived with a coloured man named Jimmy Rich. That's correct. She did live with Jim Rich. Somewhere on Old Compton Street. She used to solicit, solicit in and around Wardour Street and Old Compton Street. She paid the rent of the room at 66 Old Compton Street, but she never gave me any money. Um, I earn sufficient to keep myself. So we won't go into the rest of the statement there. As you can see... The police are asking him direct questions. He's coming back with answers. He's trying to be as factually accurate as possible. So let's go into the second statement. Um, And this is uh, 13th of May, 1936. So four days later, uh, signed by Stanley Gordon King uh, of 66 Old Compton Street. I'm going to read you the whole thing. It's only two pages long, but it's uh, illuminating. Here we go. After reading the evening news tonight, and seeing that paragraph there, included the man in the Chinese robe, it refreshed my memory. Good like that. It refreshed my memory. I now remember that Leah had recently told me of this man, and the Chinese robe, and that he had brought her several gifts, including a pair of bright red stockings, which... She told me she had worn with him on Victoria Station a few weeks ago. Also that he used to send her letters with a nom de plume, i.e. a fake name, to fix dates, to meet her, and that he used to give her checks, whilst uh, which, which she cashed without question as the officials at the Westminster Bank had seen her several times and knew her. He had also asked her to go away with him on three occasions, and that he had taken her in the Chinese robe that he gave her, to the Chinese restaurant on Wardour Street. On one occasion, she told me that he was very annoyed that she was not wearing the Chinese robe, which he asked her to wear that evening, uh, but she could not get it as she had given it to her mother. And after, she remarked that she was very sorry that she had ever let her mother have it. She also told me that she had taken this man to her room, which she told me was over G's restaurant in High Street, Bloomsbury. She also showed me a piece of notepaper, white with blue lines, on which were printed in ink, meet me at 8.30pm at the usual place. Ooh, very sinister. I remember Leia saying that the bright red stockings which the man gave to her he had brought somewhere in Victoria, and I think also a dress which was bought around the same time. At the time she wore the red stockings, the man asked her to walk about Victoria Station, wearing them to show off. She also passed the remark that she was embarrassed, whilst waiting for him to leave the gentleman's cloakroom at the station. I don't think we need to uh, go into any details there about what the man was potentially doing in the gentleman's cloakroom at the station while she was parading up and down wearing the stockings, but it was certainly hot and sexy stuff. At the time she mentioned this to me, I said to her, 
You must have had some pluck to do that. She said that she would wear anything that he had brought her because he would give her anything she asked for. She did tell me that she had recently let him down and that he had written her letters which she had ignored and that she was going to try and get in touch with him and would try and find out from the bank who he was. She did mention that he was of foreign origin. This statement is marked as read over by me and it is said to be true. Signed, Stanley Gordon Kink. So it's a fascinating one, isn't it? It's it's like you could see how with the first one, the eight-pager, how factually accurate he is. He's stating exactly where he was. There's no stumbling over it. It's very clear. He's like, I went here, I went there. This is the address. This is the timings, blah, blah, blah. Everything is consistent. With this one, it's vague. We don't know who this man is. We don't know whether he existed. We don't know whether Leia actually told him this thing about the stockings or the, the dress that he bought him or the Chinese robe. It's... It, it could be factually accurate. It could be complete lies. But that's the thing, is that Stanley opened up the newspaper or to the, the evening news. He read this article about the Chinese robe and instantly it's gone into his head. So, given the fact that she told, allegedly, that he says she, uh, Dutch Leia told Stanley this piece of information about the Chinese robe, but he read it in a newspaper and it refreshed his memory where did that piece of information come come from it did it actually happen or did stanley as an alibi see that and just think that could be perfect for me i could use that we can discuss this this mystery man who no one knows any name there's there's no reference in the court records to any checks left behind um in leia's flat there's no bank details in there so so what we're being told here could be complete lies or he may have seen this piece of information it may have jogged a memory of some kind or maybe he thought it was true so this is unfortunately the police have to deal with this factually they take this on board they 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 obviously went out they tried to find out who this mystery man was they went to the westminster bank they went searching for checks which is going to be difficult because do you know it won't be in Leia's name because she won't have a bank account it'll be in his name the, it's 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 baffling but unfortunately so this is what happens when the press go out there they make up some bullshit news story this is not the only case we'll as we go through Soho Strangler, Strangler Week we'll find different di- bits and pieces of uh news articles out there which are purely there for entertainment do you know the problem is the press have to they have to entertain us they have to keep there there has to be a a constant cycle of new information constantly out there because if they keep telling us the same thing we won't buy the newspaper we'll get bored this is what's great about this story for the press is it's it's serialized it's you've got one murder then another murder then another murder then another and it keeps ramping up and that makes great for circulation same as jack the ripper only that was more condensed it was murder than a murder than a murder and for the press it was great but when the when the murder stopped the press hadn't got things to write therefore the people aren't buying the newspapers they they lose interest the press lose interest everyone moves on they go in search of the new store the next exciting story which can raise their circulation and unfortunately this was a uh, one of those pieces where it, it it changed 
eyewitness testimony and key ones as well because think about it Stanley was the first person to find the body and he is probably the only person who really knows what happened that night so if you enjoyed that there's more to come your regular episodes of Murder Mile will return on Thursday the 27th of April or a few days earlier via Patreon Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.